My name is The Sportzilla Show on 1310 AM Utica, 1350 AM Rome, ESPN Utica Rome, now on 96.5 FM. Thank you so much for coming to Utica. You guys are handsome. Who are you? Well, I'm from Utica, and I've never heard anyone use the phrase Sportzilla Show. It's an Utica expression. Rain, man. Good to go. Hey, Coach, how are you? I'm good, Rain. I'm good. Thanks for doing this today. No problem. I have an English muffin if you got one. What's that? No, go ahead. I'm ready. I'm ready. Uh-huh. The Sportzilla Show starts now. Here's Rain, Scoop, and Matt. And Matt. Going to start things off today with a simple fact for everybody on the Sportzilla Show as we get started in the landmark building in downtown Utica. Can we open up on how that open came about? Uh, Sure. We can. Yeah. No, go ahead. The Jim Beheim thing. How did that happen? The, oh, yeah. Give Tiff's in studio with Scoop, myself, and the glue guy, Matt, the balls. Your question, Tiff? I've been wondering, why was he ordering an English muffin? Okay, so as many of you know, and for those that don't, I've spent 23-ish years uh, doing afternoons on K-Rock. I'm still doing the nights for a couple more weeks. Is that why you're bald? Bald? Bald. Well, I'm going to get to that in a second, too, but (laughs) hang on a minute. So, as you know, and you still hear, and we reap the rewards of that here on the Sportzilla Show on Tuesdays when we hear from Jim Beheim. Well, Scoop has joined me this year since we've been doing Sportzilla, and... Talk to Jim Beheim. But the bottom line is for all uh, 20 of those years, the past two decades, I speak to Jim Beheim every single Tuesday. And a couple years back, I, I, I'm supposed to call him. For a long time, it was in his office, and then it transferred to his cell phone. And it's just much easier to call him on his cell phone wherever he is. Picks up the phone generally about 2 o'clock, and we record an interview, and then we would play it back. It would be called the three-pointer. Well, needless to say, I call him one day. He answers the phone. And I'm ready to go. And then immediately... He must have been, I don't know if he went across from his office on campus to get something to eat in one of the cafeterias over there, but he just randomly ordered an English muffin. And I'm like, uh, I, I, literally, I'm like, um, okay. And then you heard the result of that in the air in the open. He, I actually caught him. He pocket dialed me once while he was using the facilities and I have audio of that. And it was, it was I'm, I'm oh. glad he didn't use that. I never in the aired open. it. I, I never aired it. It was, it wasn't like three minutes, like League of Their Own, like Tom Hanks, where, you know, was it Rosie O'Donnell and Madonna? Yeah, like, yeah. it's got to be some kind of record. But it was, it was, I mean, he. he Does he know that you have that audio? Um, well, I don't think he's listening at the <laughs> moment. Um, I don't know. I, I think I've mentioned that on over on K Rock <laughs> before in years past. But that is a 100% legitimate true story. I could, There's some other stuff, too, but we'll we'll just leave that alone. I'd be willing to bet uh, that... I, ca- I caught him at home once refereeing a fight with Buddy and and uh, <laughs> Jamie. The, not Jamie. Jamie's his sister. Uh, help me out. Other Jimmy? Brother. Jimmy, yeah. But Jimmy, who's at Cornell, uh, they were probably like 10 at the time. So it's maybe eight, nine years ago. That's great. I'd, I'd call him. He answered at the house, and there was something going on in the kitchen. He's like, hey, you got to give me just one second. Now, here me. Jimmy, you okay? Yeah, buddy, are you all right? Yeah, all right, all right, all right, I'm on the phone. All right, hey, Rain, what's going on? All right, let's go. That's pretty <laughs> That's much phenomenal. That's you know, that great. open's been in for a little while now, and there's been no explanation of it, and I figured it was time. Okay. We're good with that. Sports Show now back on track. ESPN <laughs> Radio, Utica Rome now at 96.5 FM. May I just posit? Yes. That I imagine there are times that Coach Jim Beheim has been talking to the press that he would have rather been in the men's room taking care of his business. I can tell you the story about... Or ordering food. <laughs> I'm at the state... i tell you another story about him. All right, we'll go completely off the rails. Jim Beheim, true story. 
So I'm all these years I'm talking to him, and I'm at the state fair one year with Mrs. Rain and the older raindrops. We're going back a number of years now, probably a decade. And I'm on the midway, and we're playing these you know those goofy midway games at the state fair, uh, eating fried dough, pizza free, whatever you want to call it. And I'm standing there, and all of a sudden I get a tap on the shoulder. I turn around. It was Jim with the kids, his kids. They're younger. They're playing. Same thing, just being a dad, hanging out at the state fair, just kind of wandering around, just pulling out some cash and just peeling it off and handing it to him to play stuff. And then as he's like, hey, Rain, how you doing? I just want to say hello. I saw you standing there. And then he goes on his merry little way. And then every was single... Was he being surrounded by people? No, everybody left him alone. But here's where it's weird. So because of that happening, now most people are like, who the hell's that guy? But Jim Beheim just walked up and tapped me on the shoulder and nobody else in this crowd of hundreds of people. So it was like the parting of the sea as he walks away. He just just goes on his merry little way. And then everybody that was there turned around and looked at me like, (laughs) who is the guy that Jim Beheim? Like, who's this clown? I was like, I'm I'm nobody. Please stop staring at me. Go watch him. He's the coach of Syracuse. So, So there you go. That was a trip, needless to say. All right. Now, can I get us back? on? That was Rain Man's version of. Is she really going out with him? Yeah. No, yeah, really. Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. So today is National Sticky Bun Day. That's what I actually wanted to open up with. We wasted five minutes talking about random Jim Beheim stories. <laughs> oh, I apologize. I wonder everybody. if he had a sticky bun today or an English muffin. I don't know. He likes, I think he likes cannoli. He goes to Cafe Cannoli around here. He's friends with the people that own Cafe Cannoli. There's another Jim Beheim story. That okay. I, know. I learned that when well, he was suspended. another five minutes. <laughs> I learned that when he was suspended for the nine games and Mike Hopkins was the coach before he departed for Washington. You which, still interviewed coach during that time, every, right? Absolutely. We had a contract, so he did it every week. I, you and know, it was, didn't I do that with him? You could just sense his... Uh, Cabin how fever. He, how he was down. You he, know, he was kind of down, and he was. It was. It was an interesting sort of mood that he was in. I gained a whole new respect for Jim, and I I learned a lot about Jim through that experience because that was weird for him. You you could tell it was difficult for him. He does not know what to do with himself. He could not be associated with his basketball team for. It wasn't just nine games. It was. Everything in between that the first second that that suspension started and the last second before he was allowed to return to practice could have nothing to do with the team. No recruiting, no texting, no calling. Think about that. For 50 years of his life, he has no idea what to do with himself. It was it was very enlightening. And you got to see a whole nother side of Jim Beheim. Man, now we're six minutes into a distraction. (laughs) But hey, at least we're talking about Syracuse basketball and Jim Beheim. So there you go. All right. It's National Sticky Bun Day today. Cy Sperling, the founder of Hair Club for Men, he passed away at 78. He's the guy that that owned it, founded it for $10,000, sold it for millions a handful of years ago. But he was also a client. He had a bald guy. I got a bond with him. I used to mock him when I was younger. And then I'm sitting there one day in my 20s and it starts to go. And now I've all these years later, I'm a worldwide leader in bald. I feel bad. I feel a bond with him. If you don't know exactly who he is, I think I can share this audio with you really quick. Cy Sperling, president of Hair Club for Men, with some new important free information for men with thinning hair. If you call now, I'll send you a free subscription to Personal Appearance, the new men's grooming newsletter. And remember, I'm not only the Hair Club president, but I'm also a client. There you go. You remember him? Yeah, I remember him. And I always thought that that the character of Maury in Goodfellas reminded me of Psy. Like it was That's hilarious. It was built on Psy's character, like an offshoot of that. Yeah, I could see. I mean, there's so many different bald dudes that you could bring into the equation. I just, I don't know. I feel a bond with him. 
Okay, that brings me to the pole vaulter guy. And on our uh, Syracuse version. talk about that? Yeah, our Syracuse version of Sportzilla. Uh, I I'm had, already squirming. It's gone viral. If, if you're anywhere on social media, you, you've probably seen this by now. 18 stitches. Kid named Zach McWhorter, pole vaulter at Brigham Young University, BYU. He was impaled in his... Um, Nether region. In his nether region, the uh, the private area, and oh. the videos everywhere. So he's practicing his pole vaulting, right? And he ends up with, as the glue guy said, 18 stitches to close the wound. The doctors don't <sighs> think there's going to be lasting effects other than a fairly large scar. Hey, you want to see my scar? Imagine that. Uh, but he was on TikTok joking about it. He's apologized to his future children and... Just had something happen to him that is cringeworthy for every man on the video. I can't watch that video. I can't planet. watch that. I'm it, not going to watch that. I watched it. I won't lie. I watched it. It's it just, you know, you like watch it. it the, the video's out and there's one version of it where it's in real time, then it's in slow motion, and then it's in super slow motion. Oh. And you know, that you're like, okay, I know this kid hit himself there. I know he lacerated it. I know he oh. needed 18 stitches to close the wound. And you just, you watch, oh, it's it's painful. Maybe he can get a sponsorship with Vienna Sausages. Ah, I see what you did there. <laughs> He's tougher than a $2 steak. The comments have signed Matt McLeod to a PT. Oh, the Canucks have reassigned Guillaume Brisebois, Tyler, uh, Tyler Grayevac to the Utica Comets. They're taking on the first-place Belleville Senators who just had the addition of Darren Archibald with a trade from Toronto. They traded for him last year at the trade deadline. He goes to Toronto, signs a free agent deal, and now back in Belleville. First-place team, that's a team with a legitimate yeah. chance. There is some serious separation between them and the Comets. Uh, you, you got to look at them as a potential favorite to win the Calder Cup this year at this point. They've got a great goaltender. You've added Darren Archibald. You know what he brings to the table. Uh, the one thing they did lose, who got a call up to It Ottawa? was Josh Norris, who in their win over Rochester the other night, I, I believe, if I'm remembering, had two goals and an assist. He's up around 60 points on the year. So. Uh, he, he was key in that game uh, that went over Rochester, and I believe that was an overtime victory. Yeah, and I think Joey Dacord, their goaltender, had an assist on the overtime game winner. So, yeah, you've, you're facing a, a real good team. Scoop, you and I, we've got pregame over on the Brother Station K-Rock at 6.30. We'll take you right up. The opening faceoff is actually hitting at 7.06 tonight. So you've got about 35 minutes of pregame coverage, give or take a few. I love the random faceoff times. Yeah. Just why? They Well, they're doing both. Ceremonies. They're doing both anthems as well because an American team in a Canadian city because it's at the CAA Center. Obviously, they're on the road over in Ontario. And- I'm curious if Darren will actually be in the lineup tonight, Darren Archibald. If he's been able to you know, get, luckily yeah. it's not too far away going from. We had this whole question last weekend about Zach Bogosian, and we asked Joe Roberts before the game, before the game with Rochester, hey, is it, you know, he got, it was Saturday, he got sent to the team, is he going to make that? Well, you know, normally they, they give these guys some time if they need it. Now we come to find out he hadn't showed up at all, and could be suspended, his contract terminated. And then Ben Burnell had pointed out, hey, I recently wrote an article with a guy in a similar situation named Sven Berchi, we call Bear Cheese, who has done nothing but be the consummate professional and show everybody how to handle a situation like that and still produce for the Utica Comets. So, and he's, he's had some nagging injuries, but he seems to be getting healthy and everything's good to go. So, I mean, what was it? We determined it yesterday. I think it was uh, Zach McEwen is about the only other option that we might have 
to be at least papered right. down for the possibility of playing in the Comets playoff run because the Comets are very much in the playoff picture well, right it, now. It, here's the thing: so are the Canucks. Yeah. So maybe they yeah. want to keep Zach. Zach's been playing very well. He had, he, uh, I think he had seven hits in his last game. He wasn't in the lineup. I think it was last night they played. Uh, they put in Tyler yeah, he, Tyler Mott instead. Yeah, he was a scratch. So there you have it. Uh, also, the of- officials have hailed the groundbreaking of the $44 million Nexus Center. That was a headline that I read. I know you've been following this, Scoop. Well, the thing that caught me about it was I, I don't know that many people had seen the design, and the Rome Sentinel shared the illustrations, the artist renderings that were submitted uh, and it was from the governor's office. This, but there's this in big letters out in front of the proposed forty-four million dollar Nexus Center, Utica, in big, huge letters, which is totally going to be a selfie spot in years to come. But it's it's pretty striking. It's and it's going to be, I think, another source of civic pride. I couldn't agree with you more. And obviously, a couple of sheets of ice right next to the Adirondack Bank Center. Big weekend for Utica College Hockey. They've got Kings College. Who's the other matchup? Wilkes, who's the the team ahead of them in the UCHC. Both games must win. That's right. You want to host the tournament, as as Coach Heenan said in here last night. The 25th uh, was at Tuesday is the start of the UCHC tournament. So we're pulling for the brain, Gary Heenan, and we're hyped for them. Utica College basketball tomorrow at 2 o'clock. They've got Sage. That's their regular season finale. Uh, they've had a great season so far. Hopefully they go out with a win. That and, one's in Albany. Yeah, and we'll see. Yeah, that's a, that's a road game. We'll see what happens uh, for, for them moving forward. And next Thursday, of course, Coffee for Three with their head coach, Sean Coffee. I wonder if he'll be uh, washing the suit between now and then. We're going to talk about that when we get to <laughs> coach, who lit it up at the end today. Coach Heenan, yeah. UCFC is the last thing I wanted to mention in our opening segment of the SportsZilla show. They're at Rochester tonight. Rochester returns, comes back down here. They're playing the Lancers, 2 o'clock soccer Sunday at the ABC. They're going to transition from a hockey rink once again overnight into uh, a pitch for a match. It's amazing what the crew at the ABC does. Their last couple of games were in Texas. They beat Dallas and the Mesquite, excuse me. Uh, eight five and I think it was like eleven to five. Eight. I think it was eight five and eight seven. Eight five eight right. seven. But yeah. I have to check again. That's right. The one game was in a shootout. So we're pulling for Ryan Hall and Utica City FC. The soccer club. We'll get him back in here on the Sports Illustrated Show very soon. However, you may know Nico Tamurian. He is on uh, CNY Central. He is their sports director. If you're familiar with Spencer Davidson on KTV, uh, same job at that TV station. His good friend. He's going to join us on the phone next. ESPN Radio Utica Rome now at ninety six point five FM. It's the SportsZilla Show on ESPN Radio Utica, Rome. Here's Rain, Scoop, and Matt. Joined by CNY Central Sports Director Nico Tamurian, who did our twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk SU Watch Party last night. Uh, how much of a blast was that, Nico? Oh, my goodness. That's so fun. First of all, thanks for having me. But, I mean... To watch a game with those Orange Legends and, and really guys from different eras, Rosie Bowie, Lawrence Moat, and Eric Stevendorf, it's just a thrill because how many times, you know, have you watched a game and wondered, not necessarily like why something happened, but like, you know, what, gosh, what does this guy think? What does that guy think? So it's really, uh, even with what they say, pretty insightful just to catch their reaction. So I know the next one they're doing is uh, 
next Saturday when Cuse takes on North Carolina. It's a blast, man. I'm so happy they involved me in that. Let's just be honest. Devo is a little bit extra, too. He's He entertains <laughs> me. He is, he is as impassioned as he was when he was on the court, which is why he's a Syracuse legend and why we all love him so much. But then the just the drastic turn he has made in his life. He's a fantastic human being and how much he gives back, not just you know to the radio station or to the team, but to the community. It, it's kind of an inspiring thing, Nico. It really is. I mean, I did a story with him in August. He organized a shoe drive. Because, and who think, you know, so many people don't think about little things like that, but that's where his head's at. Like, okay, these kids are going back to school. Let's make sure they have some new and nice sneakers. So, you know what? Bullying doesn't start. And, and it's a lot of these grassroots ideas. So he's one of the good guys, and you're right. It's, it's been a an awesome transformation and it's it's so cool to get to know him and listen if you watch the basketball tournament with Bayheim's Army the dude still got it too <laughs> yeah he can absolutely play I it was a year or two ago I played in an uh, uh, all-star type of uh, wheelchair basketball game with him and you know just watching him shoot around beforehand and dribble around a little bit. I mean, I threatened to take him one-on-one or at least play horse with the guy. And then I rethought that. I was like, yeah, no, Eric can clearly still play basketball at a very high level, and I just absolutely cannot. You and me both, so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Syracuse had a tough time, though, against Louisville. And there's not much to be discussed about a game like that. I don't want to dig through the details because... I'm a homer, and well, it, it's it was pretty painful. It was painful, and you could pretty much say. I mean, the, here I am in here doing this impassioned patent speech, trying to get everybody fired up, and it was a dud, man. Yeah, now we're <laughs> like, oh, it looks like at large is a conversation's probably off the table. There's, I suppose, still ways to get that done, but just after after the loss, thinking about it, having a chance to let it digest a little bit, Nico, uh, where are you at with the Q's basketball team? Yeah, I think we're in the same boat. I mean, I think it's ACC tournament or bust at this point. I mean, I suppose, you know, listen, if they win these last five games, as difficult as that would be, I, I certainly don't expect that. They'd be 19 and 12. And so, okay, maybe make the argument that you get a couple of the ACC tournament. But even then, they still wouldn't have that marquee win, like the, which in the ACC this year would only be Florida State, Louisville, and Duke. So even then, it's a stretch. And that's me talking about winning like seven in a row. So, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think we're in the same boat here that it's, you know, ACC tournament or bus i'll say this you know yeah last night was ugly i did my show with adrian autry for our orange zone we do on cw6 and he made a great point that he's like this team that was the only game since november they've been out of so he likes the growth he's seen but again it's just a little might be a little too late this year but man that game it was just ugly i mean even early on when they were down seven at halftime there was just so many turnovers and you just you didn't think they were going to be able to do it. And then I didn't think they'd lose by 24. But, yeah, so it was a tough one. And, uh, you know, let's see if they can at least get some wins and get some experience and, and make some make it a little interesting down the stretch here. We'll see. I mean, you know the Bidone will be back. But let's see if they can make some things happen. And not that I think they'd be in necessarily, but at least give fans something to be excited about. With CNY Central Sports Director Nico Tamirian, I thought it interesting that, again, in his postgame remarks – Coach Bayheim sort of bristled at the idea that the, the fellas get tired at the end of a half or at the end of the game, and he just kind of flat out said, no, that's not it. We weren't good enough. He doesn't yeah. like that suggestion that's been floated around in the media that the guys, the fellas are getting tired. Yeah, and, and it's, you know, it's a tough one because – you look at it and you're like, well, yeah, I mean, Elijah Hughes is playing, isn't leaving the court. I mean, I obviously he did at the end when it was out of hand. 
you know, Joe Girard is seldom leaving the court. And so, so it's easy to look at it from our perspective and say, well, yeah, but, I mean, you've got guys that are among the top 10 and Elijah definitely in the top three of minutes played in Division One basketball. So it's easy to look at that from our perspective. You know, but then again, these guys are. I mean, a guy like Elijah, I'm telling you, will be in the NBA. He's a world-class athlete. So, you know, who am I with, like, you know, my 30 minutes on a elliptical bike to be like, oh, that guy's going to be tired, right? True story. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's hard. I get the, I get the, uh, the argument from the media and, and the logic, like, totally, because you see the minutes played. And, you know, there's times it looks like they might be gassed. But I also – get coaches perspective. So I'm on the fence on that one. I know I'm supposed to take hot takes on the radio, but I'm genuinely on the fence of that one. I, I don't know what the right answer is, but who am I to question, you know, Jim's never changed his answer on that front. You know, who am I to question it? Well, you can give us hot takes, medium takes, cold takes. We're fine with any takes. <laughs> Nico Tamarian here with us on the Sportzilla show on ESPN radio. You know, it brings in the, it's the conversation, the short leash thing. The guy, our buddy Brent Axe, who's on the block with you at four o'clock and a little bit of trouble with Jim before short bench, the rotation, how many players he goes through on your normal and a normal game. But I actually want to bring up Brent for another reason. It was a nice way to transition into the fact that I want to know how much joy you get when your team beats his team in street ball with the crunch. Oh, so much joy. That's the highlight of my summer, man. No, uh, listen, and I like Brent a lot. He and I go way back. We're very good friends, but it's still competition. And the fact that he beat me the first three years and I had to hear about it, the dude was like tweeting at me in December when the game wasn't until August. I'm like, okay, enough. So when we finally got the first one in, in 17, that's how much it means to me. Like I remember the years and everything. Uh, that was that was big for me. And, and the street hockey trophy right now, I can tell you, is on Wayne Mahar's desk because he was in our, the best goalie in the game. He's our guy here. So, um, yeah, that is that is one of the highlights of the summer. Love beating Brent. The other 364, I guess this year, 365 days. Love the guy, but that one Saturday morning in August, I can't stand him. It's just it, <laughs> it cracks me up because – you know, being radio brothers, I'm supposed to support Team Max, but I have been very vocal on social media over the last and handful. I appreciate this. I'm always Team Nico. I just, <laughs> I just sit back and I laugh and I laugh and I laugh. But I brought up the Syracuse Crunch for a reason. Uh, on Saturday, they have a Pride Night, which uh, with a hashtag, I you know everybody can love watch hockey, whatever that is. Uh, but the, mm-hmm. but the point is, it, it's all about inclusion. Everybody can come out and be accepted and watch a hockey game. And I just think it's a fantastic thing that they do. You see the rainbow logo on the sticks, on the tape, and just everywhere within the War Memorial. And I'm just, I'm proud to support a team like that. And I know that you are too. I just would love to hear what you think about them doing things like that. That's another way to reach out to the community, which Syracuse Crunch are a big part of it. Go ahead, Nico. Definitely. Yeah, no, that's just it. I mean, they are a class act organization, top to bottom. They do everything right. Uh, I personally, you know, and I, you know, work with all the, all the teams and colleges and all that. And everybody's, you know, by and large great, but they are just top notch in every sense. You know, Howard Dolgan said, team owner, of course, that uh, because this team's in 2020 and his, when somebody asked him why about this. And I just think that's so cool because um, listen, they're only going to be the third team in the American hockey league to ever do this. And it's 2020. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's a little, that number needs to be much higher than that. And I, like you said, I'm proud that a team in central New York is one of the teams that is doing that. So never mind how awesome the jerseys do look because they are sharp as can be. But I think that's, I mean, it's forward thinking. And to be honest, put yourself out there because you know, they've told me like there have been, you know, idiots out there sending emails, you know, against this idea, which, okay. 
where are you coming from with that? So it's uh, it's really awesome that the crunch does something like this, you know, being brave about it. And uh, again, being with the times, I think it's so cool. And, and by the way, uh, can we mark the calendar for my birthday next year, February 13th? Oh. How cool is that going to be? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. We were, we were going to get to that. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Oh, I knew you were, but I just had to mention that's like my birthday present. Well, yeah, what a great coincidence, huh? How about this? It's also Mama Rain's birthday. It's my mother's oh. birthday as yeah, well. Yeah, it's a great day. Great it's, day to be born. It sure is. You know, it, it's funny, Scoop. So there he goes with a very nice transition. He just laid it out for us to talk about that. The Empire State Classic, the outdoor game next year at Griffiths. Now, it's fantastic that it's the crunch and the Comets, the Thruway Throwdown, Delmonico's Italian Steakhouse, Galaxy Cup, something that we're in season with right now, seven or so games into it. But the thing for me, and it reminded me of the Carrier Classic, we discussed it yesterday, is allowing Oswego, Oswego State and the Lakers to play Utica College, just like they did at the Dome. Because you're seeing outdoor games. The Crunch started, I think we're at the 10-year anniversary of the first outdoor game that the Crunch had at the fairgrounds against Binghamton. Yeah. But then you've seen 11 of them since, and now you see the Winter Classic all the time and, and the New Year's game outdoor with the NHL. So a lot of these guys, if you're playing pro, there's a chance you might get that experience. Not a lot of D3 hockey players get that experience, Scoop. Yeah, and I like yeah. the, the NHL has that stadium series thing now. Like It's obviously a hit, and people like it. It's expanding, and it's great that these D3 players get a chance to do this uh, you know, you, they talk about it being hockey the way it should be played because we kind of grew up playing on the pond outside or maybe on a, a frozen creek somewhere. And, I did it. And, and uh, in addition to maybe playing on a rink. So it is cool. And I, I think everybody, wasn't it like the Sabres and Penguins had that game at New Era Field and it was snowing? You know, I mean, I, mm-hmm. there's just been some great iconic moments in these games, too. Let's get a quick thought from you, Nico, and then we got one more quick one after that before we yeah. got to step into a break. Go ahead. Yeah, understood. No, I think you hit the nail on the head about letting the college guys play in that game. And uh, my favorite part, two things about this. Number one, that you have this rivalry with the crunching comments. The fans don't like each other. The players don't like each other. But the ownership likes each other. And they have fostered this rivalry with Dome Game, the Galaxy Cup. And now you're playing an outdoor game. I, this is a rivalry done the right way. And lastly about this, I want to say, like you said, playing at Griffiths, this is not a stadium game. This is going to be on like a field. They're going to have to roll in bleachers. This is going to be... As far as outdoor games go, genuinely unique in how they do it. Nico, the last thing I want to ask you about real quick, your take on the XFL so far, and that would include our friend Eric Dungy of Syracuse University with Dallas. He took a week off, but he's been back at practice. Third string at this point. We want to see him start. Where are you at with that? Well, first of all, why is he not starting? I mean, that's just unbelievable. And we're obviously biased in Central New There's no reason that guy shouldn't be starting. I mean, I, I, you could get me going for about 20 minutes on that. It's just ludicrous. Now, the XFL itself, listen, I think this is going to work. Me Here's too. why. It's different enough from regular traditional NFL football. One, two, and three-point conversions. Uh, for everybody watching the way you've got coaches mic'd up and things that you've just never seen before. So, um, listen, I think that if you just trotted these guys out there and had them play traditional NFL rules, I don't think it would have the allure. Yeah, it's football in February, March, and April. But I don't think it would have the allure it does. But you've got a different enough rule set, and I think it's really – I've enjoyed the first couple of weeks. I really have. Minus Eric, don't you not play. Give Wayne Mahar the best in the biz, a fist bump from me. He lets me, <laughs> he lets me walk dogs with him every summer, which is fantastic. And all the best to you and Farrah. Let's make a habit out of this, okay, Nico? Hey, you call me anytime, my man. Happy to be here. 
CNY Central's sports director, Nico Tamurian, on the Sportzilla Show. Let's give away a four-wheel alignment from Ariskany Garage. Shout out to the guys at Ariskany Garage. Four-wheel alignment for free. Caller 5-315-768-1310. Call now. 315-768-1310. The Sportzilla Show is now streaming on the ESPN app. Here's Rain, Scoop, and Matt. Here's when you know that a prize fight, a boxing match with all, of course, credit where it's due to the Boxing Hall of Fame about, what, 25 minutes away from here in Canasota? Is it Canasota? I always joke and call it Canasota. So do I. Canasota. I mean, Mike Tyson's been back there. Mike Tyson has been back to the Turning Stone and promoted stuff. I, I, I love it. Mike Tyson's a big name in boxing. We've got a couple of other pretty big names, at least in contemporary boxing. Wilder Fury 2 is tomorrow at 9 o'clock on pay-per-view. Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury. ESPN Fox Sports basically came together. The fight's at MGM Grand Hotel, and it's $79.99 if you want to watch the fight tomorrow night, Scoop. That's kind of steep. Yeah. Um, but that's something I used to do back in the day. You know, the fellas would get together for Tyson fights, and everybody would chip in, and... We'd wind up usually being more entertained by the er- the earlier fight, the earlier bout, because Tyson would crush everybody so quickly back in the day. Uh, but I, I bet you some folks will do that. I know a lot of people do that. UFC and the WrestleMania, whatever they are now, the pay-per-view events. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's for UFC. It's for it's for wrestling. It's not necessarily for boxing anymore. Maybe this, if it's a big fight and successful. I mean, there's certain boxing matches you pay attention to, but nothing like... And Tyson Fury even dabbled with WWE a couple months ago. Yeah, but you paid attention to every fight when it was Tyson, and we can go back farther than that. But prior to Tyson in that era, boxing was big, not so much since. Tiff is in studio with us. She was in for our Syracuse sports a little bit earlier. Blue Guy wasn't in here at that point in time. Prior to us bringing up some of these names... How many contemporary boxers do you know? And I'm not asking this to make fun of you. It's proving a point. Come right up to the mic and tell me. Um, Mike Tyson. See, there you go. That's it. But, but it's, it's, it's been waning ever since his decline. But you're proving you're proving exactly my point. It's not just you. A lot of us, honestly. I could have rattled off dozens of boxers back to 25 years ago when I was a kid coming up. Same thing. You go back, you could have too. Nowadays? It's been surpassed by UFC and MMA Without question, more people are into that. And there are so many local events, UFC style, MMA events. And I, I you know, it's really kind of more inclusive for women, too. The Both of those the women, there's a lot of women involved in that. I mean, and Ronda Rousey was a big deal a couple of years ago. So big that she's making movies now and, yep. and wrestling a little bit. So in, in the previous fight, Tyson Fury was more of the boxer and this Deontay Wilder more known as the puncher and this guy can throw a punch he packs a punch when he hits you i mean in in the current age of boxing you know that guy in the heavyweight division kind of like tyson was the guy you were afraid to get hit by back in the day tyson fury's like six foot seven six six something like that well that brings me to a couple of things first of all uh you wouldn't believe how small he is compared to some of the other boxers i'm trying to find the piece of audio that i had from dan Raphael. How small is Tyson compared to the fighters of today? This is what Dan Raphael, who covers boxing for Espen, had to say. The prime Mike Tyson, when he won the heavyweight championship, I think he was about 220, but Mike is probably not, is barely, you know, six feet tall, 6'1 at the most. 
it really didn't become until later on when you saw, I guess, Lennox Lewis, six foot six, you know, 240. Then, of course, Klitschko's, uh, you know, Vitaly and Vladimir were enormous, you know, six six, six seven in the 240s, 250s. But, you know, it sort of started to change, I guess, maybe into the mid-90s when you started to see the super big heavyweights. And I think nowadays the heavyweights don't have much of a personality, at least American heavyweights. It's all the smaller guys like a Floyd Mayweather or a Manny Pacquiao. And seriously, you go back to Mike Tyson for the guy who has infiltrated pop culture. He's still everywhere. With everything. The we hangover ta- movies? Yeah, we had talked about that a little bit earlier. It, it's it's amazing. Joe Tessitore, who calls Monday Night Football, went to Syracuse University, also big in the world of boxing, and this is what he had to say as far as is this fight bigger than Tyson and Lennox Lewis. He claims so. That was a huge promotion, and that was a spectacle. But that was the deep autumn of Mike Tyson's career. Right. It was just that you had two of the global superstars of all time fighting. But Lennox Lewis was in his absolute prime. You pretty much knew the outcome of that fight, and then he delivers on it and knocks out Mike Tyson. These two guys are in their absolute prime. They are the best versions of themselves they're ever going to be. A 42-0-1 with 41 knockout, undefeated champion against the lineal heavyweight champion, undefeated as well. In a rematch of a first fight, that was like a Rocky movie where you had one guy getting up for multiple knockdowns and continuing on to fight, and now both guys swear that they're just going to come after each other and make this thing Hagler Hearns when it starts on Saturday night. When the next big figurehead after Tyson leaves the sport is Mayweather, not a likable guy at all. Loathsome, to be honest with you, uh, as a human. You know, and then UFC just being more exciting. Why? I mean, and Mayweather wasn't always an exciting guy to watch no, when he's in he the would, ring. He would tap and then walk away. And that would be the whole fight. You would watch him nail like 50 punches. And that was it. Everybody knows the name Teddy Atlas. This is his prediction. I see Wilder winning by knockout. I see Fury not being right mentally as much as, you know, he makes you think he's confident in the bravado, what I just finished saying. You know, he's going into the lion's den and all that stuff. I I believe that in reality, that means forget about the judges. It doesn't mean that he's worried about the judges. He's worried about himself, that he really has the best shot to go after him, catch him by surprise, catch him early. And there you go. That's what he had to say about that. So the fight's tomorrow, 9 o'clock, Sportszilla Show, ESPN Radio, Utica, Rome, now 96.5 FM. So give me the quick update. You said that they've put on hold the the agreement, the CBA agreement with the NFL, postponed that for now. It was passed by the owners, but now the players are like, and we got to work on some things. NFLPA player representatives are delaying their vote on the CBA proposal. They want to have more time to, what they say, discuss with the owners key aspects of the proposal. Uh, and then they say they will vote shortly afterward. Uh, the NFLPA hoping that they can have a meeting in Indianapolis at the scouting combine sometime this coming week. So marijuana, maybe, maybe more guaranteed contracts. That might be some of the things that they want to talk about. Those are absolutely on the agenda. I would have to think there's a, a long list and those might up be up near the top. I mean, just for pain management with the medicinal, you know what I mean? Not, not something. I mean, they use it for so many other things therapeutically. And if, well, we're not going to go down that I path think the right NFLPA now. may stand up this time. If they feel they've got the player's support, they may stand up this time and go, nah, we don't like it. 
Come up with something else. Certainly. And we may have a work stoppage. Is and it, I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. Isn't it certainly better for pain management than the opiates and things like that? Anyways, I already know the answer to the question. We got to take our break because we got to get to who lit it up. We'll do that next. And if you're wondering why we're not covering the Syracuse game or previewing tomorrow, because we're still a little bit bummed out about what happened against Louisville. Four o'clock tomorrow, tip it off. We'll cover it on Monday. Is that a deal? Because I think we're all kind of, oh, cues. We're a little bummed. I'm, I'm all about the Pioneers this weekend anyways. I want them to get the win tonight and a win tomorrow. Yeah, so that's where we're focused. You know what's next. Sportsilla Show, ESPN Radio, Utica, Rome, now 96.5 FM. It's time to look at who lit it up this week on the Sportzilla Show with Rain, Scoop, and Matt. Who Lit It Up is brought to you by IBEW Local 43. Become an IBEW Local 43 electrician. Find your career and light up your future. Go to IBEW43.org. Well, off the bat, I'm going to tell you that Ravens left guard Bradley Bozeman lit it up. Why? Because this past week, he ate a 72-ounce steak in a restaurant challenge in Amarillo, Texas at the Big Texan Steak Ranch. Check this out, okay? A four-and-a-half-pound steak along with shrimp cocktail, baked potatoes, salad, and butter. Down that in 50 minutes. Um, says he'd never do it again. Said it was fun, but $72 is what you have to pay for that if you can't finish it. In 50 minutes. 110,000 people attempted the challenge scoop? That's amazing. It comes with a one-hour time limit. And he's the 9,828th person to finish it. Wow. (laughs) He got a free t-shirt, too. So he's in, like, the the 9%, essentially, who actually have finished this challenge. 72 bucks if you don't do it. But instead, he tweeted a picture of him holding up the free t-shirt he got and the, the dinner was free says it's the toughest food thing he ever has done in his life a 72 ounce steak john candy great outdoors big 96er watch the movie if you haven't i've uh, said i've been hungry before but that takes it to a whole new level oh that's ridiculous quaden uh, bales is the nine-year-old kid that was getting bullied that's been all over social media Matt and I agreed he lit it up, so we're going to give him some credit where and it's due. And all of these athletes, all of these NBA teams have reached out to him and his family. They invited him to uh, our Houston Rockets game. Speaking of about the uh, National Basketball Association, what did they have that lit it up as well? The All-Star game. It was damn good Which this year. I never expected. No, neither did I. How about Eric Dungy, guys? Dallas Renegades, XFL, back with the team. I hope he's starting. And he, and he lights it up. We want him to start, and we want him to light it up. I know he has lit up so- social media in Central New York. The Orange Faithful, we're all behind him, and we want to see this done. Seems like a no-brainer. Utica College Hockey lit it up. Scoop, how many wins are they up to now in a row? It's 14. They're going for their 15th tonight with Kings College. Wilkes, the 16th tomorrow. Wilkes, the team rated ahead of them in the UCHC And if they get these two wins, they're going to host the tournament. That's what we hope happens. We heard Coach Heenan in here talking about how he hasn't changed his suit for 14 games now. That's right, glue guy. What else lit it up? His stinky suit. His stinky suit. That's right. Tiff, Jim Beheim. What's the deal with that? The story. Uh, um, You lit it up for him. (laughs) Tell us. Long story short, a couple years ago, uh, I was a um, tour guide on my at my community college and he was looking for where Buddy was playing. None of my 
other tour guides walk up to him and ask him um, if he was lost. So I just walked right up to him, asked him if he was lost, walked him to the place he had to be, and he thanked me. Hey, he would have missed his son's game without you. Exactly. <laughs> and your fellow students were a little nervous and a little starstruck yep. to talk to him. Yep, and he's just he's just an everyday guy. Speaking of basketball, Dwayne Wade lit it up. He's getting his number retired, and he defended his transgender son because you love your kids. Nothing else matters at the I, end of the day, and it takes a set of cojones to stand out there when you're Dwayne Wade and take the hate that comes back. A, a lot of hip-hop rappers are giving him a hard time. Young Thug gave him a hard time. Well, in the immortal words of Ice Cube, check yourself before you wreck yourself, because, well, there's some lyrics in that song, if you happen to know <laughs> it, that I'm referencing that we can't say on the radio. Why is it taking that long for Dwayne Wade to get his uh, number retired? I'm not quite sure what's up with that. Do we have enough time for me to share one last thing? Because... As of tomorrow, Team USA lit it up, and Al Michaels, man, with that iconic call. At that point, Trey, when you go back 40 years, you might as well go back 540 years. No internet, cable television in its infancy, no national newspaper, USA Today had not yet hit the newsstands, no social media. Uh, I like the way you put it, though, undefeatable, because it, it seemed as if the, the Soviets wore that uh, way they would win games by... Scores of like, you know, four to one or whatever, but it looked, like, it always looked like it was 20 to nothing. Right. They dominated teams. And when I uttered those words, uh, I was just doing it as part of the, the play by play, putting a coda on it at the end. And I was lucky in that the puck came out to center ice with a few seconds to go. So there was no chance for the Soviets to mount a last rush. And what I said really came out of my heart. Celebration of life for Kobe Bryant on the 24th on 224. Makes sense. 1-3. to three. ESPN will be commercial free. The rescheduled game they missed because it was passing the Clippers and the Lakers on April 9th. And last but not least, Quaden Bales. Yeah, you lit it up. That kid, he gets a mention one more time because if you're the type of person that wants to bully a nine-year-old, we're always going to be the type of people that glorify and lift that kid up and give him support. Sportzilla Show, ESPN Radio, Utica, Rome, now at 96.5 FM.